0: This is a remote podcast of one dive at a time. Hey, hello from Round Rock, Texas. I'm sitting in my rental car doing another remote podcast. I had a conversation with someone the other night at my parents' chili feed so as you know with in the past with adventure iq and now with neptune warrior i do a chili feed and that chili recipe is you know comes from my family uh it's we call it dad's chili and my dad always makes it on christmas morning or i'm sorry on christmas eve and they're one of the things that they do is that they go to candlelight service with their friends at church and then afterwards they come to home. The Chili's been cooking for a good part of the day. And then they have friends over. And a lot of times it's friends that have no other place to go. They don't have family here. So they need someone to spend Christmas Eve with. And that's, I mean, that's been going on at least 20 years that that I know of, Uh, you know, at the place that they live at now. And while I was talking about podcasting and I was talking about, uh, you know, things I've done in the past with survival and things like that. I, I got to talking to somebody else about diving, and it's all around risk, and how risk actually puts other people into danger. So, by the way, I guess I need to do my intro since I'm doing a, a since I'm doing a, a, a remote. Hello, my name is Rob. I'm the founder and director of Neptune Warrior. Uh, the podcast is One Dive at a Time. Sorry, forgot all that stuff. Right? you know, when I do these remotes, I, I'm, I'm sitting here in a rent car. Pulled off at the side of a side of a road of, of an area where I used to go and fly my drone at and, and go play at and things like that, and uh, I just I just kind of get off kind of get off the subject as I'm as I'm doing the intro. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going we're going to we're going to talk about how getting rescued really puts others at risk. Now this is something that I had done a write up on with Adventure IQ years and years ago. But I'm gonna to try to put it over into the scuba factors. Now, at the same time, a lot of my divers, I don't say a lot, a good number of my divers, they're doing backcountry diving. So I live out in the western US, I live in Idaho, and a lot of the really cool places to go dive are pretty remote. Now we've got like Lucky Peak, that's not too bad. But as you go up like towards Arrow Rock or if You know, Even a road trip that you're taking somewhere, or even some of the places that we go down to Nevada. I do a lot of private property, which makes it sound like it's somebody's backyard. Well, the private property I'm diving on might be 700 acres, and uh, you won't see anybody for days at a time. And it was through those conversations about those remote areas and the work that I used to do with teaching survival... In Adventure IQ, someone said, you know, you really ought to talk about how to survive. We talk a lot about, you know, we talk a lot about diving. We talk a lot about mental health. But you don't really, you've never really done anything on being prepared for when things go wrong and you're at one of those remote dive sites. So I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll pull up something that I had done years and years ago for Adventure IQ. Kind of look through that. As you know, I don't do a, a lot of, you know, a lot of scripting. I do mind mapping as I get ready to do the podcast. But I thought that I would just go ahead and pull this one out, kind of look at what the what the, the title of, of each uh, paragraph was, and then, as my buddy Mo says, pontificate on on that topic. And, you know, when, when you think about putting others at risk, whether that's in a diving situation or in a survival situation or diving in a backcountry, you need to be... Um, you need to be aware that that, that the number one mistake that people make and they get into trouble is that they underestimate or they miscalculate that risk. So for a hiker, it might be just a day hike. Uh, For a diver, it might just be driving out to the backcountry. And I do this a lot, drive out to the backcountry, driving out there for three or four hours to a special dive spot that I don't take a lot of people to. And in fact, you might even you might even go out someplace and you think, hey, this is a good place to take take a friend along to. And you know, by just the sounds of, you know, just a just a dive or just some place to go, it oftentimes sounds like it's you know that it's easy, that it's that it's no big deal. And what happens is we tend to underestimate the risk. And this going to happen with people who. Maybe, they are, maybe they've are. Maybe they done caverns, or maybe there's a cave, and they're not certified in cave. Or maybe it's working in tides or working with current that they're not familiar with. You know, you go out to a place like Cozumel, and you think, hey, it's just a dive. And it's easy to underestimate or miscalculate that risk. And pretty soon, if you're not careful, you can actually be, you know, winding up, you know, in Florida in a couple of weeks because of, of the way that, that the currents and, and, the, and the tides rip through there. So the number one mistake is that we oftentimes will go out and we'll underestimate or we'll miscalculate the risk. And, and we, again, we we let the words almost soften the blow. So several years ago when I was, uh, when I was in Big Bend National Park, you think the word park is like this really nice place to go. There's flowers, there's water fountains and things like that. And I was lost, or I wasn't lost, I was out of water for several days and I had to make my way back. I was in a true survival situation with that. And, again, it's, you know, it's, it's miscalculating or underestimating the risk. Now, mine was thoroughly planned out, just things happen to happen, you know, things come along and happen. But, you know, in the diving world, I see this happen a lot. People get in over their head very, very quickly. And it starts out at the dive site with trying to rush and put gear together, or they forget something, or it's a long walk down to the water. Whatever it happens to be, you know they get overheated, or maybe they get too cold. You know, if you're diving, you know, you know, you're diving this time of year up in the Pacific Northwest, you know, you can get out of your element very, very quickly. So, a majority, what we what we know is that a majority of survival situations. They start off routine. They start off as innocent, but nothing to disaster quicker than you're going out with your dive buddy. You do a quick dive, at, and it could even be at your at your favorite spot, or it could be a new spot, or it could be a spot that they know about, or maybe a spot that you haven't been to since, you know, since you started diving. And suddenly you've got chaos. Chaos is an incredible factor, and it only takes a few small events, and suddenly there's this domino effect. So maybe the inflator hose isn't working out correctly, or or maybe you forget to, you know, maybe you forget to hook up your inflator hose. Maybe you, you know, you go off the side of the boat or whatever, and your dry suit hose is not connected, or maybe not even present for duty. And so you have to climb back up on the boat, and you get, you know, you get that fixed, right? And there's things that can start going wrong if there's a domino effect that takes place. And one thing happens, then another thing happens, and another thing happens, and suddenly it's starting to spin out of control. So you have to plan for those unexpected matters. And I find myself, and one of the things I always encourage my divers, is you play the what-if game. What if we're diving, we're 400 meters offshore, we're 60 feet deep, and my buddy runs out of air? What if I can't find my buddy? You know, all, all these different, you know, just start thinking of all the different factors that you've trained on, all the emergency procedures. What happens when I get entangled? So you have to plan for those unexpected events, no matter how remote the chance of that happening is. Okay, what if I'm diving at Hoodsport, and suddenly I get bumped by a sea line, and I can't find my buddy? Because once you're out there, you have to kind of start figuring out the things that... Uh, you know, th- that you're going to do. Now, by the way, see the sea line one is just, it, that's a scenario because we saw this happen a couple of weeks, weeks ago. No one really got bumped hard. But what do you do if you're out there and, and and suddenly your buddy gets badly stung by, you know, by a jellyfish, you know, like, you know, by a, a, a lion's mane? How are you going to get them back in? And things can start spinning out of control if you don't play those what if games. The second one, a gap in knowledge, but no gap in the ego. And I get this with divers a lot. What you have to understand, I mean, if you, if you're going to be diving, especially in really wild areas, uh, you have to be ready for to encounter things. You have to be ready to encounter currents and tides and cold water. You have to be ready for those type of things. And again, sometimes when we just say the word dive, we think it's an it's it's something that's easy. It, it becomes routine. And when we start making things routine, that's when we start getting in trouble. The sad truth today is that a lot of people wind up in a crate or in the back end of a long black car, or at least best case, on a medevac, because they have very, you know, at best, they have very poor knowledge on how to survive that situation. They get into a situation, they panic, they hit the inflator, they go shooting to the surface. They're doing a shipwreck dive. They drop down, go along the shipwreck. Maybe they can't find their way back to the anchor, so they have to do a free or they have to do an ascent without an anchor line at depth 80, 90, 100. 110, 120 feet. And then they get blown off that wreck and they're doing this ascent in the middle of the ocean. And they haven't trained for that situation. Maybe they're in a situation where they get down and they get caught in a rip current. Or maybe they get caught in a current that is a really swift current. But most people who wind up in a crate, in a long black car, or in a medevac is because they they were unprepared for that situation. What I I find dangerous is you find divers who've got, like, all the skills, right? They're all jacked. They're ready to go. There's nothing new that you're going to teach them. They think that they know it all. And I see divers like this on the site every single week. And they haven't prepared for those situations. They don't think they need it. They've got all the skills. They don't think they need more training. They won't take any update classes. They won't do refreshers. Oh, I've been diving for 20 years. Yeah, but it's been 15 since you've been in the water. Or you've been diving for 20 years, but that means like two dives at best every year. So that's one of the reasons I love the pool sessions. Because you can create different scenarios to practice in the pool in a supervised environment. This is why I like taking... I still... I mean, guys, I've been diving since 1994... I've been an instructor since 98. I still go and take an advanced class from a totally different instructor in a totally different environment that I've never been in. Yes, I know all the skills. I know how to navigate. I know how to do search and recoveries. But it's an opportunity for, one, me to see how someone else teaches that, and, two, for someone to catch mistakes that I make. When I was diving in Rotan this last year, I learned a lot from the dive master on the boat. Just from different things that that they've done. All right, the other one. All dressed up and the wrong place to go. I see this a lot on dive sites. People have really the wrong dive gear for that situation. I think a couple podcasts ago, if i posted it already around long hose. If not, I'll get that one posted up, but, but dive in a long hose. Not every situation requires that you dive a long hose. I see people diving full face mask that really, they don't really need to dive full face mask on that dive. Now, if they're training for something else, and want to go do some technical stuff, but there's some folks that I dove with down in Texas that really don't need it. I mean, they were diving full face mask right after open water without training. This also goes for, you know, I said I would tie some of this in with backcountry diving. I've seen people head out on backcountry trips wearing flip-flops and shorts. And man, if your car breaks down, you've got a long walk ahead of you. Because I've seen hikers go out with the wrong shoes, wrong clothes, wrong equipment to deal with adversity if they have to stay overnight or anything like that. So just like with diving, having the right gear, when you're doing backcountry diving, you want to make sure that you've got the right clothing that allows you to create a microclimate. And and with di- going back into diving, that's what you're doing. You are creating a microclimate, whether that's with a dry suit or semi-dry wetsuit, whatever it is, you're creating that microclimate. I see a lot of divers go out with wetsuits that don't fit and they're diving cold water. I saw this a few weeks ago up at Hoodsport. Sure, they're wearing a 7-mil... Uh, You know, they're wearing a 7 mil Farmer John, but, I mean, they would have had to have biceps like someone who had been working out in the gym 7 days a week, bench pressing a house to fit the arms and the chest for that wetsuit. So making sure that you've got the right gear, making sure you've got gloves, making sure you've got a hood. And if you don't need that stuff, because you can overheat. So make sure that you have the right clothing for the right place. Going down to the crater in Utah, you don't need a Farmer John. You don't even need a shorty. You need t-shirt and shorts. Canyon Lake down in Texas. If you're staying above 30 feet in the summertime, it's July, wear a shorty. There's no reason to get into a seven mil. If you're up diving where I'm at, five mil is not gonna cut it at Quinn's in the middle of November. So make sure that you're that you're wearing the right stuff. And again, this all of this transfers back into backcountry diving and that mindset, having that mindset of survival. But those are the those are really the three things that get people into trouble having the wrong gear being all dressed up and no place to go having a gap in knowledge but but no gaps in the ego and then underestimating or miscalculating the risk if you watch those three things that's going to help you be a much safer diver alright I'm having a blast down here in Texas getting to see family I didn't get a chance to dive I was really hoping to dive the Comal River while I was down here and that just didn't happen is because the weather. It was actually colder down here on some days than what it was back up in Idaho. So again, hey, thanks for living. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope that you're having that you're living your best life right now. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. And remember, as long as you've got air, you are all. Right.